So in this season of Lent, as we head towards Easter, uh, we're, we're spending some intentional time moving through the gospel of John as a community. And, and John's gospel is, in the New Testament, it's intentional about pointing us towards the true identity of Jesus, especially in the, the seven I am statements that we, we see throughout the gospel we've been looking at in this series. And, and it's loaded with connection to the Old Testament, specifically talking about how God reveals His name as I am, as Yahweh. So I encourage you, if you, if you missed out on the first week of this, uh, this series, go back to the podcast and listen to it to kind of catch up on that, because it's so massively important for understanding the context of this gospel. Um, but, but each one of these statements, they're, they're a unique picture of how we come to see the character of purpose and purpose of God in Jesus Christ. Um, and that's what John is revealing. And this week, we get a two-for-one because there's two I am statements here in, in this story that we see in John chapter 10. And we're going to hit them both today. So you heard them earlier as uh, Tom was reading this passage. And uh, if you're paying attention there, there's two of them. There's I am the gate and there's I am the good shepherd. And both of these statements, they they come within a scene that Jesus gives us that would have been extremely familiar to people who were living in the Jewish world. It's a scene with shepherds and with sheep. And sheep were central uh, to the economy in the time of Jesus, not only just for food and for wool, but they were also central to the sacrificial systems and the religious ceremonies that were taking place in Jesus' day. So this is something we, they would have seen on the daily, man. This was a common scene for them. So Jesus is using a story they're going to understand very well. But on top of that, the, the metaphor of the shepherd was also commonly used in the ancient world, uh, primarily in terms of talking about both cultural and religious leadership and power. In fact, we see in, in three of the most celebrated ancient authors, Homer and Plato and Aristotle, all three of them use the shepherd as a metaphor for leadership and his, of the sheep and the people who he, that they were in charge of. So when a first century Jew is, is, is hearing this story from Jesus, not only are they seeing kind of the daily reality of shepherd and sheep, but they're hearing a story that's much bigger than just a nice little parable. This is something that's challenging the idea of leaders and leadership in their day as he's talking about shepherds. And ultimately, what this story is asking of us no matter where you're coming from, whether you be a, a believer, doubter, skeptic, wherever you are in the spiritual spectrum, it's asking us, who do we really follow? Where are we turning for direction, for provision, for protection? Who do we hold as the source of all that we need? And I know that Sunday school answer at this point is easy. It's easy to say, it's Jesus, yeah. But, but hopefully, we'll see uh, as we move forward that it's it's one thing to know this, and it's quite another thing to live it. So we'll start today with, with who we are in the story, and that's the sheep. You're going to see a picture of a nice flock here on the screen. And, and we are the people that are being led by the shepherds. We're the sheep. We're, we're marked by dependence. Uh, we're dependent on the shepherd, but we're also dependent on the other sheep. We're dependent in a pack of sheep and a, a flock of sheep. Like any other group of animals, there's strength in numbers to protect you from, from predators, from danger as you stick together. But more than that, uh, sheep are incredibly dependent on the shepherd. 
to guide them to places of being able to, to be provided for, to protect them from predators that are lurking, and to, to lead them through dangerous places in the Palestinian desert. If you, if you think about a desert, this is a place that uh, it's hard to find food and water, and, and the shepherd would have to be the one who knew the places where the sheep could go to find pasture, to find the needs of their daily life. And so the flock was utterly dependent on this shepherd daily to take them to places of nourishment and of safety. And this, this happened, as we see in the story, from, from the voice of the shepherd. So let's look at this passage we just read in John chapter 10. It says, The gatekeeper opened it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They, they will know, they will follow, uh, never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. So most of us know here that, that, that sheep are not the smartest of animals, not the biggest brains in the animal kingdom. But, but one thing that's amazing about sheep is they have a unique ability to hear and follow the voice of their shepherd. It's amazing. There's a story I read this, this past week um, about during the Palestinian uprising in the late 80s, how uh, Israeli soldiers, they were, they were cruelly uh, punishing Palestinians for not being able to pay uh, their taxes uh, in this little village near Bethlehem. And they're rounding them up all the sheep and all the flocks of the people and taking them away from them as punishment. And this woman, who had just lost her husband, comes up to, to one of the leaders of the soldiers and says, Please, sir, I, I lost my husband. I have nothing in this world besides this flock. It's the only thing I have to provide for. And the soldier kind of quipped and, and, and jokingly said, Ma'am, if you can look out over this countless number of sheep and call and pick out your own sheep, then you go for it. You can have your sheep. And at that point, the woman's son began to play just a few notes, a little melody over and over again. And out of the massive flock of sheep, 25 sheep stepped out and began to follow her home. You see, when we know our good shepherd, we know his voice and we follow you know, we talk about discipleship a lot around here, and, and we believe that discipleship is, as Dallas Lord says, is the process of learning to live how Jesus would live if he were us. Um, it's, it's unique. It's, it's slowly, it's daily, it's intentionally bringing all of our life under the reign of Jesus and becoming more like him in the process. And at the very heart of discipleship, friends, is learning to discern the voice of God in and through our lives. It could not be more central. You see, it's not just that Jesus was the good shepherd, as we see in the story. He is the good shepherd. He is still speaking, alive and active in His Word and by His Spirit in our lives. And, and friends, if our version of Christianity, if it can be accomplished with a dead Jesus that does not continue to speak, then it's not the faith that we see in the Scriptures. He is still speaking as He was then. He is speaking now to us and leading us as our shepherd. Now, I understand for some of us, hearing God's voice 
That can sound like a crazy idea. I love this quote from Lily Tomlin. She says, why is it that when we talk to God, we say we're praying, but when God talks to us, we're, we're schizophrenic? You know, there's a, there's a lot of negative connotations about hearing the voice of God because as, as many of us have seen both in stories in the news and maybe even in our own wounds from people who have claimed to speak on behalf of God or have heard God's voice and it has had very negative uh, connotations, very catastrophic consequences. You know, the God told me that, that I, I need this $3 million private jet uh, to, to, to spread the gospel. God, God told me to leave my family and my wife for another woman because he really just wants me to be happy above everything else. God told me to kill all those people who, who don't believe like I do. Uh, no, that's, that's not God's voice. And, and as you know, history is riddled with people who have acted in awful, uh, just terrible ways by saying they heard God's voice speaking to them, and the consequences were catastrophic. And I know many of you probably still have wounds from situations and backgrounds where maybe religious people said that they were speaking on behalf of God and the voice of God, and they left you wounded. And friends, this is exactly what this passage is speaking to. Because in Jesus' day as well, there were people who were claiming to speak on behalf of God, people uh, and other voices who were seeking authority over others. In, this con- in the context of this passage, Jesus is talking specifically about the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, they're, they're these men of authority who, who, who are religious leaders and instead of leading the people of Israel to places of provision and safety, of, of seeking their good, they're, they're using their power to, to lord it over them, to, to bring about death instead of life. It's why Jesus, as he's challenging this, this is what he says beginning in verse 10. He says, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. So here's what Jesus is making clear. There there are people and ideas, there are voices that have authority over us, whether we realize it or not. And these voices, more often than not, without us knowing, are leading us to destruction. They're leaving us vulnerable to attack. They are more concerned with their own authority than they are with those they lead. This is not news to you. I know that. We live in a cultural moment where where every place of power and institution around us is failing us. Leaders in government, education, the church, entertainment, sports, all of it. People grasping for power. All at the expense of the people below them and the people they are claiming to lead. And they leave us vulnerable. They, they scatter us. They divide us. But the truth is, we're all inundated with these voices. 
on a daily basis. You know, studies have shown that the average American encounters 5,000 advertisements every day. Isn't that amazing? Now, on the surface, it's harmless, but each one of them are, are, are selling us a story about our own insufficiencies and need, about how your teeth aren't wide enough, about how you need to lose weight, about how this car will get you the girl and get you the family and the life that you dreamed of. Each one of us showing us what the good life looks like, telling us a story, giving us a voice, and speaking a very clear narrative. Or maybe it's the political voices we listen to, like talk radio or cable news or websites or blogs, and they're, they're selling us a story. Again, they're being a voice that's calling us into their corner, into their way of living. Maybe it's social media, which is just a constant onslaught of voices giving us advice through these memes and other mindless information, calling us through the voice to authority over us. And there's the voices of entertainment, Netflix shows, HBO, Hulu, movies, music, all of this selling us a particular vision of the world and inviting us to follow. Now, now what I'm not saying is that all these things are evil. Now, now some of them probably are, but most of this stuff on its own, it's, it's neutral at worst. But over time, it all adds up, doesn't it? Just voices on voices on voices on voices, and life becomes noisy. You ever just get that, get that feeling, gosh, life is so noisy around me. It's so many things calling for my attention. There's actually a term for this called the attention economy because the world around us is, is literally at war for our attention, that the technology is, is asking on a daily basis of us to look at me, look at me. Why? Because if it can get our attention, it can have power over us. And the truth is, is that there's an all-out onslaught of voices that are seeking to be authorities over us, to make their way into our lives, and it makes hearing the voice of our Good Shepherd difficult. We may not know that we're on the pathway of the one who comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, and it's because we are passively receiving within ourselves all of these authoritative voices leading us into a way that we are not aware is leading to destruction. Which brings us, as, as we come to a close, to the other I am statement that we kind of jumped over earlier. And this comes back in verse 7, where Jesus said again, Truly I tell you that I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. So what's this all mean? You see, in the wilderness in Jesus's day, shepherds would, would build these waist-high enclosures to protect their sheep from the predators and from the thieves at night. You can see a picture here on the screen of this. This is actually one they found in the wilderness. And, and as you can see by the picture here, that they leave this little opening there for the gate, but most of the time there wasn't a gate. They may have put some, uh, some thorns or something in front of it, but most of the time 
there was just a shepherd. You see, what the shepherd would do was literally lay down in the gateway of the sheepfold so that nothing could get in or get out only by his authority, only by what he would let in and let out. In a very literal sense, guys, the shepherd was saying to us, if you want my sheep, you got to go through me. The shepherd was literally laying down his life for the sheep, ready to take the attacks that came for the sheep on himself. I, I posted a picture earlier this week on social media of a, of a shepherd and the, the picture that we usually see of a shepherd, of, of this blonde-haired, clean, with the shepherd's crook idea of, of Jesus being a, among us, but yet to kind of detached from the everyday realities and mess of life. But a real shepherd would bear the scars of battles, would be weary from sleepless nights of, of making sure that his sheep, his flock, could find rest. This shepherd was a shepherd who was in the trenches of the everyday mess of our lives. Always the gate by which we find protection and we find provision. And, and from a very practical sense, when we think about the onslaught of voices that are coming into our lives Jesus needs to be the gate. He needs to be the filter through which everything is judged. He's, he's literally the gateway into our minds, into our hearts, into our emotions. Disciples, we, we view every idea and voice in, in our lives through the lens of Jesus. That means we must constantly be asking, is this voice I'm listening to shaping me more to be like Jesus in faith and hope and love? And if not, I need to shut it down. I, I need to see, is, do, do my politics, do I see them through the lens of Jesus? Do I view my relationships through the lens of Jesus? For Christians, we, we should not have, anything shouldn't have access to our hearts except through the gate, through Jesus. Even sermons. Friends, as you're listening to me, I'm not infallible. You should listen to any pastor or preacher or sermon through the lens of Jesus because there may be things that are said sometimes that are not fully in line with the Scriptures. And so that's why every week I hope you are listening to me with a, a mind on the Scriptures open to make sure everything is, is said is in line with the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus and His testimony in the Scriptures. But then on another level, beyond the practical sense, what this story is telling us is that unlike the other powers in the world, unlike the other voices that seek authority over us, Jesus isn't offering us just one more idea among many. He's not giving us facts. He's not giving us bullet points, instructions on a better way to be religious. Instead, Jesus is literally offering himself. Just like the shepherd Jesus is standing in the gate to take the attacks of the enemy to protect his sheep, his flock. He is taking on the battle, and that battle was fought, and that battle was won on the cross. Literally laying down his life that we might live. You see, Isaiah 53, verse 6, tells us all of us, like sheep have gone astray, we have left God's paths. To follow our own, and yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. You know, the invitation today is, is not to get your act together. It's not to gather more knowledge 
that you need to be more successful, to be more moral. The invitation today is to hear the voice of the one who gave himself for you, who offered you more than an idea. He gave himself for us. See, my prayer this week as we've been preparing for this is that you would hear his voice, not that you would hear about him, that you would hear from him. And just sensing as I prayed this morning for, for this message that as we were reading earlier from Psalms 23 in our prayer, that, that we would really sense that as we walk through valleys, as we walk through places of, of unrest, as we walk through dark times, places that look like scarcity around us in the desert, that we were always, that the Lord would say, we're always on our way to abundance. We're always on our way to provision. And we may be in the valley, but we do not belong in this valley. We belong in the pastures of abundance because this is where our shepherd is always leading us. And so, Jesus, as we come to you as our good shepherd, as the gate, as the one who stands in the gap for us, as the one who stands before us, protecting us, providing for us, would you speak? Would you let us hear your voice, hear your invitation to follow you? And God, though we walk through valleys of death, though we walk through places of shadows and trials and unrest, we know that you are the good shepherd that is always leading us to places of life. Thank you, Jesus, for coming that we may have life, but not just ordinary life, abundant life in you. Jesus, today as we continue forward, lead us into that light. In the name of Jesus, we pray.